welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I am joined by Jess Fosterkew, comedian, writer and actor. There's too many things. Hello. It's too many things. <laughs> Welcome to the Divorce Club. Thanks for having me in the club. Lovely to be in the Divorce Club. You're so welcome. But you're not, because I normally start the podcast by saying, how do you feel about being divorced? You're not officially divorced, are you? No, I never got married so far. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, we'll see. That might come up later. Figuratively. I'm figuratively divorced a few times over. <laughs> you had a big breakup that we're gonna talk about so how long ago was that breakup about two years ago it was sort of the same time as mine I feel like it was maybe yeah I think mine was like two and a half years ago yes um, yes about that just over two years ago now you are a very happy human being I'm very yeah. jealous of your of your yeah. happiness but how did you because I'm two years in from my breakup and I'm still in my like I'm single and I'm okay by myself and probably a bit scared of being in any sort of relationship again. Yeah. How did you feel straight after the breakup and how did you get to where you are now? It was a time of like incredible change. I was going to say turmoil then. And I guess it was because incredible change is terrifying, but it wasn't turmoil as in all awful. It was exhilarating because it was enormous changes that needed to happen. They'd needed as long as they'd needed to cook, to be ready to make those changes. And when they did, it was like this absolute whirlwind. And it was surprise after surprise after surprise. And I was able, I think, luckily, to just roll with it. Um, I guess I was in a very privileged situation in the sense that it was me doing the breaking up of the relationship equally it's still not nice it's horrible especially if you're determined as I was and kind of still am because I co-parent with my ex and he'll always be in my life and eventually well we'll always be in one another's lives hopefully we have to be ideally friends really for the sake of our kid so that is an enormous pressure but in everything that's gone in everything that's happened with the breakup it's been harder for him than it has for me, but I have felt very determined throughout all of it to accept responsibility for my part in his pain, I suppose, and everything that, and his readjustment and his new life, because it had to happen because otherwise I was going to lose my mind and probably it was destroying me um, to be so unhappy. And I basically, 
on the one hand, the relationship was 100% done independently of anything else. We weren't, from my point of view, it was emotionally done. It was physically done. And also, I don't think we were being kind enough. We weren't even being very nice friends to one another. It wasn't like it had fizzled to a friendship. It was like there were, it was it was never not annoyed or like frustrated or stressed out or at times like really miserable, like just in one another's company. Um, but on the other side, the, in addition to that, I don't think, I think a lot of people assume that I, I've ended that relationship, you know, because I had a weight like woken up as queer. Um, and I had, but actually that wasn't it alone. The relationship was independently done even with nothing to do with that. But yeah, also there was a bit of me that had gone from, essentially, I think something fundamentally changed in my early 30s, um, where I just got a kind of genuinely harmless, but very real, like, in the sexy thoughts, crush on a woman. And was like, oh, I'm not straight, that's fine. And then, and that was like a curiosity for a year. I even talked to my then partner about it, bloke. And, um, and we were like, yeah, you know, don't think anyone's completely straight. It's probably a really interesting spectrum, blah, blah, blah. And that curiosity turned into a kind of very, a thing that was very, like, increasingly at the forefront of my mind and my heart until it became like a physical pain if I was, like, going to stay not only in a miserable relationship that he wasn't miserable in, but I was really unhappy in and never, ever get to get off with loads of women. But like you were saying about enjoying being in that, enjoying being single bit, that was my game as well. Like I absolutely, I just wanted out. I wanted to set up on my own. I wanted to see what I could do on my own. I wanted to be a single parent. I mean, I was desperate to be a single parent, but you know, I wanted to check that I could afford my rent by myself, you know, that I could keep working, that I could manage everything. I wanted to not be beholden to anyone emotionally. Um, and then sort of very much against my plan because I just wanted to fuck loads of people (laughs) women mainly but I just wanted to put it about for a year or two um or however long I did I didn't want to fall in love but I just did and actually funnily enough that was her it's she was also like oh no you know I'm not gonna bloody go out with anyone for ages well I have fucked lots of people for the both of us I feel thank you I did manage to do quite well in my few months (laughs) congrats thank you so much I always talk about my sexual explosion and I think there is that you're like oh my god I've been in a long-term relationship and I've thought that I'm never going to be able to have sex with anyone else again and all of a sudden I yeah. can and really want yeah. to I think it comes with this wave doesn't it of like it must sort of buzz off you in some way this like newfound energy and freedom and swagger because yeah it is funny and it is it's interesting you talking about your queerness because I think I definitely had similar feelings of like oh I have some crushes on women but yeah like it's a spectrum and maybe it's just because I'm married to a man or something and when I came out of my marriage I had a relationship with a woman and it was kind of just this freedom of like oh my god I can just fancy a person and get with them and and I think before my marriage I'd been very much like <laughs> on the straight and narrow, I was going to say, but the, but pretty much, yeah. Like I was like, oh, you know, I date men, that's what I do. And then I'm going to marry a man. And and now I think, you know, I still date men as well, but I think there's more of a freedom. And for me, that's exciting in my sexual explosion. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Good for you with the sexual explosion. Aren't we lucky to live in the time that we do? where it can, we can just, just grown-ups just openly go, yeah, I've had some men and women. And, um, you know, I'm liable to fall in love with anyone. Gender's irrelevant. And um, that's cool. <laughs> like, it's no, I mean, it's not that it's not a big deal and it's not that it's not brave to kind of, depending on your circumstances, but I don't know. I feel like we're lucky. We're lucky to be in the world that we're in and the bubble that we're in and the friends that we've got, the family that we've got, probably, to be able to go, yeah. That's how it is now. Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, that you, you've you been so open about your journey and falling in love with a woman. And I think, I don't know, maybe because I have this podcast or or because I think because I'm a date men and women, I'm always a bit scared to say I'm queer. Really? And also because I've only had one relationship with a woman. Like oh, I've that's fine. That's plenty. Do you know what plenty. I mean? But... Um, Uh, But I think it's what I've really enjoyed about just like watching you on social media and tweeting and stuff since is that you've been so like, 
open and lovely and excited by your whole kind of break up and finding new love experience and I think it's been really inspiring I've been like oh I'm so pleased for you and also like that's that's amazing and that's what I want to see like I want to see people like happy and 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 sharing it because it does seem like a super positive experience for you I understand obviously that it's hard it's so funny that it comes across like that because yeah, my missus posts like cute stuff all the time. And I, I think I'm comparatively a, a complete arsehole. <laughs> like I, I have a friend, a comedian, brilliant comedian, Kiri Pritchard McLean, who, who regularly sends me, or not regularly, but has sometimes sent me, you know, there'll be an occasion, an anniversary or something with Steph and I, and she'll send me a screen grab of Steph will have written, I mean, she's an Olivier winning writer, but she'll have written something really poetic and beautiful and like heart-wrenching. And I'll have just put something about like, uh, something gross, you know, (laughs) I'll have put something short and gross and silly. Um, Yeah. But um, yeah, it's nice because sometimes I think my social media game, when it comes to, romanticism isn't very strong no I love it and um and I think it gives us all hope as well because I I think I've almost got too used to being single now that I'm like I don't want to be in a relationship ever um but to see you like so happy is and and that coming across in kind of cheesy posts or gross posts is great (laughs) um but you said before that you had to accept your kind of input into your ex's pain what does that look like and how have you done that because I don't think I'm there yet so I had brilliant a brilliant therapist for the years in the run-up to and after that breakup um and they helped me to break up with him well I think that's a really important thing so I was very, I knew in my, in the pit of me, I knew it had to be done for probably a year before it did, but circumstances rallied against it. Like I felt like there was a wall, an impossible wall. Like I was like, I can't do it. I can't leave someone I've had a kid with. And I, you know, there was financial reasons as well, where I just thought, I just physically don't know how I would do it. I would fuck us both over so hard financially. I'd ruin my career. I don't know how he'd, I just don't know. I didn't fit. I was like, I do not know physically how you do that. I don't want to move back in with my mum. I'm in my mid thirties. Like I don't, I can't, I just couldn't work out how to do it. And there was a big block on it, but it was bad enough that I tried a few times. Like I did say, I think I'm impossibly unhappy. And he was like, no, I think if we change these practical things, it will fix everything and I did try those things and one of them was moving somewhere bigger in somewhere really tiny and that was actually the straw that broke the camel's back and then there was like a like a watershed moment where I was like as soon as we signed the contract on a bigger house to live in I was like oh fuck I've got to go like I can't what am I doing and sometimes I have heard other people talk about that as well that it was actually signing up to a huge commitment (laughs) that makes you go oh fuck shit what am I doing this isn't fair on either of us um but yes the first part I think of accepting the pain your part in someone's pain is is if you're going to leave someone to leave them well and from my experience in my situation and I can only speak for that that meant being absolutely sure having a conversation face to face which should be a given but in modern times isn't madly someone who'd been with nine years and got a kid with I'm not going to leave any other way than with a face-to-face conversation weirdly that was hard to do at the time because I was always at work which was a world I'd created for myself to create distance between us I think where we were never at home at the same time for very long and the conversation itself being very clear so that there was no question mark over whether or not we were breaking up it was definitive that we were breaking up and then to accept the inevitable awful emotional response from them and taking that for as long as it was gonna the the heat and the drama of that initial emotional response just absorbing it and accepting it no defensiveness no fighting back apology but it's still not wavering I don't think there's I think you really fuck someone over if you give them even a modicum of hope if there is none if you're leaving them um but I did also make it very clear that as much as the fact that we were breaking up was a hundred percent and that was what was happening 
everything else was up for deliberation. Who lived where, how we co-parent, how we manage that. I wanted to make it the breakup as financially fair as possible. Like I think if you, if our genders were different other way around and he had been leaving me, then, you know, he'd be, you know, required still by our law and general patriarchy to be like, well, a new fund. You pay her child maintenance and blah, blah, blah. And actually none of that's come into it because we've got such shared parenting. But like, I don't know, like I, I realised it was going to screw him over financially. I could help with that to some extent. I realised it was going to screw him over emotionally. There's only so much help you can do with that. But I felt, I still do, like I can't really talk about it without feeling emotional because it's horrible to make someone that upset. Um, and I think just acknowledging that is massive and just saying, like, I know how much I've hurt you and I am really sorry. I don't feel like I actually had a choice or I was going to destroy myself. So I think just admitting that. And always, I think I'll always, I'm never going to suddenly change my mind about that. Like, I will always be sorry that I hurt him that, that much. I think that's really, like, amazing advice because he didn't do anything wrong. I think that's the thing, you know. I think you get this, in a way, it's a gift when you get these clear-cut breakups because someone cheated or someone, you know, someone did something catastrophic. Someone was morally abhorrent. You've got this nice black and white. No, they're a cunt. You're an angel. You're a victim, you know. And it's just, that's not 99.9% of breakups, actually. Usually no one's done anything. I'm not saying I think I did anything wrong either. You can't help. You can't help it when you're done with something. But... You know, I could, yeah. So I think that's it. Holding it and going, I made I, this is on me, and I'm so sorry. But there's, you know, there's nothing I can do about it other than apologise and let you know I do feel like shit, and I am really sorry, and I'll always be aware that I hurt you like that. But I won't hide from it. I take responsibility for it. I think that's such a healthy way to approach it, and I think. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast who are still in relationships that they want to leave and they're maybe, you know, taking the time, putting things in place, making that decision. And I think actually there you've, you've given really practical advice of how to do it as well, because I think that conversation, you know, mine, we both decided, but he'd brought it up first and said, you know I don't think I'm very happy and I'd been like no everything's fine we can work through it brush over the cracks la 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 yeah. um and then actually I went and and thought well I actually went to Vegas in LA to work with Channing Tatum but while I was there <laughs> timing. this is same as a therapist yeah it know. is the same as a therapist um so I was working on Magic Mike um, in yeah. LA, but while I was there, in the back of my mind, like I was in rehearsals and then afterwards, I remember lying. This is like <laughs> ridiculous. I was lying by a pool in LA on a rooftop. How glamorous. But all I was thinking about was, is my marriage over? And I was on the phone to like my mom and being like, and at that time I still thought, no, I'm going to work through it. And so that was bubbling away the whole time. But then I came home and we sat down and had that conversation. But I think exactly what you said, like be a hundred percent, because I think the hardest thing was the back and forth of us both being like, shall we break up? Are you, do you want to break up? And we clearly both wanted to break up, but in the end I went, I think we should break up this is it and someone does need to make that decision I think being a hundred percent is so useful for everyone involved because it's not like dragging things on no and you've got it's a decision indecisions torture when it comes to matters of the like that like you just need to know where you stand and then and then you work through it and so what what was the next step for you so you've you've made this decision did you move back? You said you didn't want to move back in with your mum. Did you? Did you have something in place of somewhere to move? No, we stayed living together for ages. Um, but I moved into the spare room. How was that? It was okay. It was horrible, but it was okay because oh, I was away so much for work. That you know, and the, so the nights I was in, I was so focused on my kid because it was the only time I was getting to spend with him in the, of an evening. I suppose I had daytimes with him, so it's before he was at school. It was. Um, 
you know, it was all logistics from that point on and lots of tension and emotion, but it was, there were one or two moments where, you know, all that time was him working out who's going to go where. Yeah, I mean, long story short, he's ended up, at the moment, he lives on the same road. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's amazing news for our kid. It's very convenient. We just walk, we literally walk 100 metres to hand, hand our kid over. And yeah, so it worked out because it had to because of our kid. Yeah, and then it's literally working out how to do it, going, well, I think I'll set up, I'm going to set up a spreadsheet. I got That was a brilliant bit of advice I got, actually, from my friend Gina, who <laughs> had been through something similar. Um, she was like, do an actual Google Doc, shared Doc spreadsheet. And it is, I don't know what to do without it. We're both completely, like, uh, live by it. What is it, that for childcare? <laughs> yeah, just literally colour-coded it went, he's, what he's got on, all his arrangements, if I'm away for work, where I am down to the light what can you bring him at three I've got I'd like to see something at the gym till half two you know that's the bit that I think I mean I don't feel like I feel very uncomfortable with the idea of giving anybody hope or inspiration because it just feels so pukey (laughs) pukey and you kind of go well I am very happy and I I mean I couldn't be more head over heels in love with my missus but all relationships are hard not I you know it's it's not hard yet (laughs) it's so new it's not hard yet but it is it is still it's still an effort it's a real effort to share a home with someone and a life with someone. Well, I digress. That the the spreadsheet is a good. I love this spreadsheet because you imagine. I remember when I was married, we had like a shared diary, um, but actually, you need a shared diary for divorce. <laughs> it sounds you much do. more practical. And so, how have you dealt with your new relationship? Because obviously, you said you fell in love when you didn't mean to or expect to um and how you know has your ex met your new partner have you and how did how did you work that uh again respectfully being honest once it was once things were definitely needed to be you know I I didn't tell my ex anything about any dalliances like this I didn't you know I'm not gonna I've never wanted to rub my happiness in his face. But I um, once I was in what was definitely a relationship, I told him. Um, when I got engaged, I did that. I thought long and hard about how to do that. I didn't, which was, I think, pretty flipping cool of Steffi as well. I was like, can we not put anything online until I've had a conversation with him like what a, you don't want to find out from a tweet that your ex is engaged um and actually I did decide to do that one like in a message because I didn't want him to have to compose the right response and I knew actually what would happen which is that he would not reply which is but then you know you know I know he knows and that's that um yeah it sort of worked like that I think honest communication but equally I think this again comes down to like being respectful of the fact that you've caused this person pain. And every time you announce a level, new level of happiness, you're adding a new wave of pain um, is to not expect any congratulations or reassurance from him. It doesn't, it's, you know, I wouldn't want to get a load of shit either from him, but if I ever did, I'd suck it up. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Like, it's, it just is what it is. Here's the information. Here's the thing you need to know. I'm going to marry her. But I don't need you to reply and say, all right, well done, or good for you. Or, there's no, there's no, I don't, no congratulations or reassurance required from you. Nothing, no response required. And in, 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 as with all things, he has been so classy that I haven't had any snarkiness back even. No even joke snarkiness, which I know he will be very deeply tempted to have done <laughs> at times. And, and how have you dealt with things with your um, little one? Um, with... Because now you live with your fiance, um, yeah. how how did you introduce your new partner to your child? I introduced as a friend because she wasn't my girlfriend at the time. At the start of our relationship, we lived in different cities, so it wasn't like this. Why is this friend here? <laughs> why is this friend moved in? Why um, is this friend sleeping yeah, in mommy's bed? And equally, initially, yeah, initially, he's um, all his years have been in a very gregarious house with people coming and going, and lots of different people who love him, and a million different sitters along the way. And you know, he's used to going from pillar to post uh, and having lots. And he's used to being introduced to new people. It, it, there was nothing suspicious about a new friend initially. And then I think in that instance, again, it's about like I had a lot of people in my ear, including my mum and stuff, not unreasonably being like, you make sure you put that kid first. And of course, like you've just got to, um, you've got to be honest with them as well. I think that's the best advice I was given in terms of you, you, you don't give them any more information than they need. You'd never be like, I, I, as far as I'm aware, like I got some amazing um I got some amazing advice from the Relate website, actually, about um, how to explain to your child that you're breaking up with their other parent. Um, and I'm so glad I did that because I would have done it ro- like wrong or whatever. I'd have done it. I would have done it differently. I think I would have really gone because he was three. I'd have really gone for the, like, you can have two houses and it's really exciting. Um, and instead, actually, what you it said to do was be a lot more neutral about it. Don't give more information you have. Never do any like they've daddy's a bastard. None of that. Like you've just <laughs> got to be like, we're going to live in different houses because our relationship is finished, but we'll still be friends and we will both still love you. And um, we'll see each other all the time. We'll still do things together. Um, but we won't be boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. And it's absolutely fine if you're sad about that or if you feel like you're in a pickle about that. Whereas I think had I not read to say and do that and behave like that, I would have very much been like, it's great, double Christmas. Um, (laughs) Which definitely um, is a side of things. Well, totally. And actually, initially, (laughs) he really did. He he still occasionally, which really tickles me, if he meets a new person, a new kid would be like, I've actually got two houses. So, yeah, he's he's talked about it like it's a huge, it's an absolute touch. Which in some ways it is. I actually, I thought of you the other day because I'm puppy training, as there may be puppy noises on this recording, um, which is obviously not the same as having a child. It's but, not that um, dissimilar at certain ages, I'd say. But yeah, puppies are difficult. Yeah. And there was one day when Custard, my puppy, was just going mental at me. Um, and I just cried at her, like, I don't know what you want. I don't know if I can look after you. And I thought of a set I'd seen you do at Live yeah. at the Apollo where your little boy, you say you can have anything you want. And he says, I don't, I hate to repeat the joke back to I you. I don't want what I want. But yeah. yeah. Um, and it just really reminded me of my moment with Custard. So I think, um, thank you for sharing those <laughs> parenting You're moments. You're so welcome. Um, but so how did you, because you said you got some really great advice from friends and also the Relate website. Mm. How did you sort of break your situation to friends? Because I think for me, and a lot of people on the pod say, like sometimes that's the hardest bit and you don't know how to approach it. And people react in such strange ways that you do not expect. 
Yeah. How was your experience with that? I had some surprises, actually. I had 90% was it just kind and supportive. I would say the surprises came more from family than from friends. My friends were amazing. And I think definitely friends just contributed to the feeling that it's all going to be okay. And, if, you know, worst case scenario, if I needed to borrow some money until I could have, the contract was up on the house to get somewhere cheaper, you know, all that stuff, all the practical side of it. I never didn't feel emotionally supported by family or friends. I was shocked, actually, though, at a generation up, like the parents' generation, how much more not done it is to leave a relationship, let alone one with a kid. And that was fascinating. My dad, who had, I don't think it's, I think it's safe to say a dog shit relationship with my ex. He was horrible to him. My dad is a very fiery, funny, but quite rude and like off the, like shocking, shockingly naughty man. A sort of, like a, he's kind of often very tipsy and in the pub or the bookies and he's got a brilliant sense of humour but it's also like a bit much at times and like they were not, we had a disastrous holiday once altogether where my dad was so vile to my then boyfriend and they, you know, my dad would speak so rudely about him <laughs> but when I told him, you know, I'm leave, I am going to leave, I'm, we're breaking up, he was devastated he was like oh no poor poor I don't want to say his name but but poor poor him and it, it was heartbroken for him and I and I was like I don't and I was really shocked and a bit fucked off <laughs> you were like I expected you to you know be- what I mean I was like you're my dad like can you check I'm gonna be all right for fuck's sake and he was like no poor bloke Poor, poor bloke. But do you know what? Actually, I think back now, and he's done that the few other times. In most of my relationships, I've been dumped. <laughs> but there was one other quite proper sort of year and a bit relationship. It was only about 15, 16, with a slightly older man. Not that much older. It wasn't like dodgy. He was like 19, 20 or whatever. And he was an absolute sweet pea, and he'd like taught me to drive. And he was, he was lovely, but I broke up with him because it <laughs> just wasn't going anywhere. He wanted to settle down and I was 17. Um, and I, I said, remember telling him like, dad, I'm gonna, li- I've broken up with Dave. And dad was like, fuck's sake, very few really good people in the world and you just throw one away. Oh my God. Okay. So my dad really hates breakups. I learned that. Um, but actually as time went on, I was like, come on, force yourself to talk about this with me hates any sort of sort of obvious emotion but I forced him to talk about it with me and I think he was really worried because of his experience potentially in the past that I would be taking our son away from my ex and that my ex would be having this just not getting to be like the active parent not that my dad has ever been that useful a parent but um like you know he he'd, and I when I reassured him that I was gonna make life as easy as I could for my ex um and never ever you know I think and take our kid away from him I think that sort of smoothed it over a bit a lot with my dad um and, and on that note like I think it's so, I know so many people who've had breakups where one of them's gone for custody and it's all about like, I only get to see my kid every other weekend and all that awful stuff. Like I have the privilege of being in a situation where both of us are like, please, can you have them until 11 on Sunday? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, can I, I'd really actually like to go out and get shit faced on Friday. <laughs> okay. I'll have yeah. It's the opposite. Um, ish. Yeah, and then who else surprised me? It, less of a surprise, but my ex's mum was devastated, I think. And that was, that's a lot more of a traditional family who are all the types of conservative and you do not divorce. You do not divorce. It is not done. It furious. Absolutely furious. And I don't think I'm forgiven or ever will be. With them, I believe it eased things dramatically when it transpired that my now partner is a woman because the narrative changed in their minds to one of it 
you know, what could you do? It's interesting, isn't it? Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever makes people let salved. People can tell their own version of my story to themselves and I'm absolutely fine with that. But how does that make you feel, the fact that they're less angry because now you're in a relationship with a woman? Does that annoy you? Not at all. I'd much rather they people less angry, whatever it took. Whatever it took. Because ultimately we are all in each other's lives forever. Assuming, hopefully, you know, that our son outlives all of us. And also if, you're, if you've made someone, you've broken someone's heart and made their mum heartbroken, whatever. It's, I think it's part of taking responsibility is also going like, I don't give a shit what makes you feel better. Take it. I'd get you a subscription to sm- a bag of Smarties every month that made you happy. I'd do whatever. I do not mind. You can think that it turns out all along I was a lizard or a Scientologist. or Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I'm not like, um, I actually need to know my truth. I can't give a shit. I'll save my truth for podcasts. <laughs> Well, thank you, because I'm enjoying the truth. You're so welcome. Um, So we've talked um, a lot about, you know, how you have accepted your part in the the breakup and the pain, and also, you know, how you've dealt with your son and the co-parenting. But what did you do for yourself during that breakup time to kind of help you heal? Because I think a lot of the time people think if you break up with the person I remember my ex before my marriage I broke up with him and it was just as painful as if he'd broken up with me because obviously I've been dumped in the past when you just know you have to break up with them for whatever reason but sometimes other people dismiss it but I think we still need to go through that self kind of getting back to us recovering in ourselves so is there anything you did to do that no I I think I had such an incredible feeling. I think just um, not wallowing in guilt, I think, because I I, I was so happy. <laughs> I was exhilarated and it, I think it just, and I still feel like so happy and free. And I felt like it's thrilling. I felt like I was like a new person. And actually, I think the kindest, the being kind to myself business was not feeling guilty about that. Like it, just going, no, no, I did make the right decision. Everyone's going to be happier in the long run. But I didn't do anything. I didn't take myself on a magical holiday or anything like that. I did. I went to... Good for you. Well, I didn't do the, like, classic I'm getting divorced trip to India to find myself. I went to... <laughs> I went to... Which Carl Donnelly did, and we talk about on his episode yes. of the podcast. That's brilliant. But, um, I went to Lanzarote on my own. Yes. <laughs> on, a, on an all-inclusive holiday. <laughs> yes and it was yes. it was great and I had sex with a man there um which was right. lovely although he wanted to hang out at breakfast the next day and I said oh I don't feel very well went back to the room and then he went home so it's fine but um yeah I had a great time it was I just lay by the beach all day and um right. and didn't have to argue with anyone about where to eat in the evening yeah lovely that was part of my healing process good for you so I always ask people if they had a worst moment and then we'll talk about your best moment but was there a real low moment either in the relationship before you decided to to break away or afterwards in that kind of painful accepting pain time I can't think of one that was like catastrophic the actual conversation was horrific. That was horrible. It was the adrenaline in me in the run up to it, because I had so few times at home where we were both at home together, where our son wouldn't be with us. I knew exactly when I was going to have to do it. And I, um, I had a, a fortnight in the run up to it of feeling like just so tearful every day and sick like really sick and nervous and normally I I was in the middle of such big scary exciting fun work but I just was like a husk you know when like your appetite goes and everything like which for me is a sign of incredible weirdness in life um like a yeah that was horrible and the actual conversation I felt like I felt like there was a massive I've got no nice way of putting this like a gross swollen like everything in me was all tight and swollen and it doesn't go as soon as you've said the words you just have to watch 
the impacts of them. Like a fucking train crash. It was ugh, horrible. And we'd arranged to watch something and we sat down to watch it and I'd gone like, do you know what? Actually, we need to have a conversation instead. Oh, God, even now, it's a puke. So, yeah, that was the worst, the worst, worst, worst. And then just sort of standing there after it was all said in this awful silence and then saying, do you want me to go out or just to another room? Or like, what, should we, what happens now? And then just being eggly in the same house for that night. And that's as bad as it got, I think, for me. Imagine I will, yeah, I can't speak for him. And I think that's one of the things that I have learned over the last few years and of dealing with it. And I think the torturousness for him as well of of it of being left by someone who fucking talks about their life this openly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that I the type the things the things he gets annoyed with me or upset with me about are where I downplay his pain. Like when I go, when I say things like ultimately we're all going to end up happier, which I do believe. But I do want, I don't mean to detract from how unhappy, you know, the whole thing made him. I think it's hard because obviously I got divorced and set up a podcast and started talking about it. And, you know, as comedians, we're very open people. So for partners um, going through it, they're like, well, I can't share my feelings with the world and no one gets to hear my side of things. It's it can be hard. Yeah. How did you cope with that? Because you said you were going through lots of exciting work things at that time. Yeah. Um. And and when I spoke to Shappy Corsandi, she said she remembers crying in the green room of the Jonathan Ross show, and everyone just sort of <gasps> staring at her. Um. And that you know, I I was in rehearsals for Magic Mike Live, and they played our wedding yeah. song, and I had to oh go God. out and cry in the toilet. Um, do you, how do you, how did you cope with all those exciting work things going on and also being a comedian and being upbeat when there was all this turmoil happening in your private life? I don't know. I think, I just think of that time as being like, I felt like people must have been able to see it. You know, when you feel like people must be looking at me and seeing that I'm running on fumes, that I'm just an empty, I felt like I was like, flesh and muscles and skin and emotions and like that I was moving at 100 miles an hour and that all those things were just moving at 100 miles like a very completely lacking stillness and I felt like it was really obvious and it was adrenaline it was adrenaline I was just full of adrenaline all the time and that does get you through it same way it gets you through after you've had a baby like it gets you and gets you through an Edinburgh festival or it gets you through a a a West End run it does get you through you need less sleep you don't you know your body seems to just sort of absorb alcohol (laughs) like you just um you aren't as hungry like you're just not settled but you know that that's not sustainable and I've I never had anything other than gratitude for work stuff going well that year I also don't think it's coincidence I feel like that adrenaline and that exhilaration and that freedom all had hand in hand with like running towards that show I was doing at that time with such force. It gives you a sort of Teflon air, doesn't it? That kind of uh, newly out of a relationship, whether you're happy about it or sad about it or both, you've just got like a fire blazing in you. you. And yeah, it it shows and you can harness it a bit. That's so true. I can totally relate to that feeling of like, Actually, I, I think I felt quite empty, but I also felt like yeah. bulletproof and yeah, on fire and like yeah, empty, light on fire, bulletproof. Yeah, but not connecting things. to actually some deep pain that was definitely there yeah. for me. And do you remember a moment when you thought, "Oh, I'm going to be okay. This is good." Not one moment, if I'm honest. I think I knew that in my heart all along. I knew that as soon. I knew that from before, from before I'd even had the conversation. I knew I had to do it. And that when I did it, I'd be fine. And looking back now, how do you view that breakup time and the decision before? How do you feel when you look back and think, I did that, I took the step? Um, Relieved, responsible, proud. I still feel very engaged with all of those feelings. I feel like 
like I've already blobbed at you earlier. Like I feel like I tap into them and I talk about it if I think about it properly. I feel like my situation is, you know, it's it's going to be evolving for some time. Like my kid's still so young that he's changing super rapidly. And the nature of the pandemic and the nature of our work means, and the nature of, you know, being in a new relationship where this we've got stuff we want to do together and bits, types of life we want to have together. And so I'm never not in a bit of a state of change, but those seas have settled now. Like I'm not the, you know, I'm not on fire and empty anymore. I'm full. Because I think so many people will be able to relate to you being in that situation and knowing you had to end it but you said earlier it took you about a year of having those feelings to actually you know because it's a big thing to take that step is there any sort of advice or just words of comfort that you'd give anyone else listening who's in that period who's like I know I have to end it but can I do it I'm scared all of those emotions if you can afford therapy get that objective support through it. Even if you've never had therapy before, I had CBT. I already had a therapist, but like, I just think if you've got someone who's not emotionally invested in your life, guiding you through it. um, If you're concerned with doing things in the best slash kindest way possible, you can get really good guidance on that. And also you can, you're less likely to rush. I think, you know, you can pick your moments. I think listen to yourself. And I think genuinely, and it doesn't just go for relationships, I think it goes for work, all sorts of things, and to some extent parenting, but just all life. I think we make lives for ourselves that feel so much more like traps than they are. I think you're so much less trapped than you think you are. Almost always you have more choice than you feel like you do. Every plan feels like a trap. Actually, if your life is full of plans you're in a prison, like, if that's how you see it. If you can find a headspace where you actually really understand that even if you did none of the things in your diary, even if you were left all of your relationships, huge thing to try and contemplate, that the world would still carry on turning. That is fucking thrilling. And I think that would be, and I have to remind myself of it, all day all night because I fucking love a list and I love knowing what's coming next and actually I love all my traps and I made all my traps but they are traps like unless you remember that they're not and you there's nothing you can't cancel you're not beholden like if you upset someone you can say look I acknowledge that this is mucking you about whatever from from as little as cancelling needing to reschedule a podcast record to leaving a nine-year relationship like those things they're so much more doable than you feel like they are a lot of the time if you're sure yeah that's great advice for for life as well as breakups um Jess thank you so much this has been a real chat and thank you for being so open and where can people follow you and find more of you so I'm on the social medias at Jessica Foster Q and I have a podcast called Hoovering, all about eating, which is more juicy and complicated than it sounds, but does involve some joyful eating called Hoovering. Yeah. And I don't know when this goes out, but I have um, rescheduled tour dates for the show that got stopped at the start of the pandemic in London in June and the start of July. And then end of July, start of August, around the rest of the country and also have a massive live one of my podcasts on the 17th of July in London with some secret guests and one of the announced one is Joe Brand who's my hero so that's exciting so that's amazing she's really awesome I met her once and had sort of verbal diarrhea at her face which is a thing I do um <sighs> yeah I'm very not cool around her so it'll be really fun <laughs> yeah I want to see that um thank you so much hey thanks for having me Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one, or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com, and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month. And it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s-style divorce and heartbreak chat room. And there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast, and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines. And please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.